Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Tom Murphy joins us now. He's on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Football is right around the corner. Tom, how are you? Hi, guys. I'm doing great, man. It's uh, that kind of the week before the week where, where we really get going. So I'm starting to get in that field, you know? Yeah. Uh, we got a couple of questions of the day the last two days I want to throw at you first. Uh, today we're talking about Athlon Sports had an article out, and it was what would make every uh, a good season for every SEC team. And they said for Aces, for Arkansas, it's to keep KJ healthy, keep Rocket healthy, and pull off an upset or two. And they feel like Arkansas could go seven and five and have a good year. What do you think makes this a good year for Arkansas? You know, that's a great question. I think seven and five would probably be uh, slightly below the expectation of the fans um, because you do have one of the best quarterbacks. And you do have one of the best ground games, and a lot of the people, key figures from that are coming back. Um, I would bump it up by at least one to say, you know, eight is a pretty good season. And I mean, the reason I say that is because if you reflect just on last year, you've got you've got the four games that they lost that were by three or less points. I mean, Liberty, you know, what are they doing losing to Liberty? KJ was banged up; they didn't play very well. You know. A touchdown pass that was in Trey Knox's hands turned into an interception. You know, to me, that summed up what happened in the Liberty game. And then you get stopped on a two-point conversion. So you should win that game. Um, you know, the Missouri game, you're on the doorstep. You don't score. The A&M game, you have the freakish fumble return. And then the clock deal at the end, where I don't think Sam Pittman should have been using all his timeouts. Um, but uh, and, and then you lose yardage on the snap. I mean, just a series of things that cost you another game against A&M. So, I mean, at a minimum, regular season last year, they should have been 8-4. and four. So, a lot of the same people back. Um, and, you know, that was with a bad defense, all in all. It was not a very good defense. They sacked, had a bunch of sacks, but they gave up a ton of passing yardage. I have a feeling they're going to be a little bit better. They're still going to get burned on some deep plays because they're going to commit so many guys to the pass. I mean, to the, you know, to pressure. But um, I still think they're going to be a little bit better statistically. Um, so I think eight wins would be kind of the, like the minimum threshold for me to call it a good season. And I'm throwing in the LSU game. <clears throat> if KJ plays, they win that game in my mind. Well, yeah, you know what? I also think LSU played to the circumstances. They, they played to the cold. Yeah. Um, they played to the fact that KJ was not in the game. They kept their offensive game planning basically to not turn it over, and they did. And I tell you, I, I would have liked to see that game play out if the fumble recovery Arkansas had where they got it to second and goal from the one, if they score a touchdown and go up 10 to nothing, then LSU is going to probably have to be a little bit more you know, risk-taking on mm-hmm. offense, yep. and then we'll see. But I, I also just felt like it was a manageable game. Harold Perkins was killing Arkansas, mm. and they, they just didn't go outside their comfort zone. Boy, Perkins is a star, isn't he? Good grief. Well, Y'all, in all the games I watched personally, there wasn't a defensive player who had their imprint on a game more than he did against Arkansas. And you can bet your sweet booty uh, they're going to have a game plan to protect against him this year. Mm-hmm. All right, Tom, uh, did, we, did you ever pull up, the Christian, the uh, results from yesterday's uh, poll question? Let me get them pulled up. Okay. Uh Tom Murphy with us. Arkansas Why don't Democrat you just tell said. me the name of the movie you want to go see, Christian? 
Tom, when is the first day of practice? Is that Thursday? Um, I think the first day is the fourth. I'm not sure what day of the week is that. Is that what's the day of the week on the the fourth? Well, Tuesday's the first because yeah, that's so the Thursday. countdown to kickoff. Mm-hmm. So Friday is the fourth. Oh, Friday. Friday. I, yeah. So I think that's the first day of practice, and that might be the day they re, they report like, and then they start the next day. But somewhere in there, I think we're going to end up talking to Sam Pittman at some point next week. Our question yesterday was, what is the biggest swing game of the Arkansas football season? We listed Texas A&M, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and Florida because, was it 24-7 sports yeah. had an article saying Florida was? And yeah. we disagree. Well, I, I would wholeheartedly disagree with that because it's so late in the season. I mean, so much of your your what's going to happen when your team has already been dictated. I mean, that's a key game, and it's a game maybe Arkansas has a chance to win because Florida's schedule is so tough. And for them, the Arkansas game is like a little bit of a respite in their eyes in, in, a, in a really tough part of their schedule. Uh, I think A&M would classify more as swing for me because it's so early in the season. Was LSU on there as well? No. Uh, no, not on our Well, see, to me, that's the first conference game. And that's, that's you. I mean, it's a game they'll be a big underdog in. Yeah, I would put A&M more of the swing game because – if chalk holds and you open 3-0 at home and you lose on the road to LSU, you do not want to fall to 0-2 in the conference with a loss to A&M. And, I mean, there's going to be so much riding on that game, how well they can defend the Bobby Petrino system because they did not defend it well last year against sub, you know, like athletes that are not on par with what A&M's athletes are. And then Arkansas has had so many chances to win that game and found ways to lose it like last year. Eighty-seven uh, percent of our voters agree with Texas A&M. Yeah, that's kind of why we did that poll because we were like, I just, I don't think that's right, and I don't think what people around here are going to say either. Yeah, well, but I mean, it's it's just so pivotal. I mean, uh, and and if, then if you somehow beat LSU, if you upset them, then you know all eyes on them. Like, hey, you should be beating A&M, and and then you know what happens from there, but. Yeah, that's such a big game, and there's so many tough games that come right behind behind that. I know it's I know at Bama, at Ole Miss, and like a Mississippi State home game are all right in there, and it's just such a difficult part of that schedule. Tom Murphy with us on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Of course, you can read Tom in the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Tom, what makes our, we had a good call earlier in, in the day? Why do why should we believe the defense is going to be better this year? Well, and you know, it's funny that you, you ask that because I think about that kind of thing a lot. It's, it's the hope every team has in the offseason that things are going to go well for you. You're going to be healthy. You know, and so every defense across the SEC has this imagination that things are going to be better. And I think from the Arkansas standpoint, um, you, know, a fresh, you know, a fresh change with Travis Williams, the players really love to play for him. And um, – even though I don't think they have like an impact Drew Sanders guy for the edge right now, I do think the accumulation of their in um, Landon Jackson, Zach Williams, uh, Deshaun Stewart, the new guys Jeff Coe and Morgan and, and Nico Devalier, all those guys added up. I think they're going to get decent production at end. So I also, so I think the ability to pressure, much like last year when they set the school record for sacks, I think that's going to be there. And then, okay, how well do you cover on the backside of that? And I think they feel like between Snacks Johnson and, and Dwight McLaughlin, and then you start adding on Singletary, and you know maybe Ladarius Bishop comes back and 
you know, kind of fulfills the, the promise and the speed he has. And, you know, I, I, I know that the, the question of whether or not Quincy McAdoo is going to play will be coming up a lot the next week. But it, just say he's a healthy and he can play, well, then you've got a pretty good clutch of corners. And so that's the, the flip side to it. How well can you cover? The safety play last year was subpar. I mean, bottom line, the safety play, like in coverage and in coming up and tackling, wasn't as good as it needed to be. So that's got to be upgraded. If they, if, they, if they upgrade a little at safety, they can cover on the back end, then they can be very creative in how they send their backers and what they do with their stunts to try to get the quarterbacks. But I don't think anything is guaranteed that they are going to be better, uh, but certainly they can be not at the very bottom of the uh, passing yardage allowed in the country, which is where they were last year. Not in the SEC. <laughs> not in the South. <laughs> the country. That's depressing. Yeah, that was it was bad. The Kansas, the the Liberty Bowl, still nightmares of just them throwing it at will anywhere and to wide open guys running free. Mm. That's a lasting memory you know, guys, for a lot of people. It has to be. You know what's weird about a game like that is, as a media member, you're like, okay, you know, Arkansas's got this big lead. You know, I can start writing my story with relative assurance yeah. that they're going to win the game, and so you're trying to do that. And then, you know, the Matt Landers reverse, um, his elbow hit the ground, y'all. I, mean, I know. And, and it was just a bad call. And that would have sealed the game. There was like Over. three minutes left. Over. And, and, and so so what results from that is they get, rack up another 150 or so passing yards before the end of the game. Uh, they tie the game. Then you have, then you have the, the bad call on the Quincy McAdoo targeting. That would have ended the game. I mean, it was – if, if Arkansas had lost that game, can you imagine oh. what the mindset of fans would have been throughout the entire offseason that we got screwed in a game and we lost it, a game that we had in hand, but they won it. I think um, we shouldn't have found ourselves in that situation to begin with, at least, though. No. It, but, it, it, it shouldn't have. Well, it, the game was over. You're right, Tom. The game was – I left the press box on the on the reverse. I, I mean, <laughs> it happened while I was in making that long trek down to the mm. field. And I get to the field, and there's this delay, and I'm like, what's going on? And I remember walking up to Steve Sullivan and Kyle Deckelbaum, and I'm like, what's going on? And they go, oh, there, there was a fumble, but it was clear. The elbow was down. They'll, they'll, they'll reverse it, and, and, and the game's going to be over. And then they show it on the jumbo trot, and I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. I, I see. I see what's going on. And they come back and didn't reverse it. I'm like, what's going on here? And then you start doing the math in your head, and you're like, well, they score yep. here, and then they go down, and they get the ball back, and they go down. And I said, this game may not be over yet. And sure enough, it yeah. played out just like I was thinking in my head what it would take to get the overtime. It was the ghost of Bielema. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it was a 15-point game at that point, y'all. So they had to score, and, of course, you don't go for two on the first one because you, you want to keep hope alive. And then they had to recover the onside, onside kick, kick, and they did. And Arkansas defenders, like they did, the, they did a poor job of like understanding their responsibilities. And I think I want to say that Sam Pittman said that with the personnel losses they had, they just did, they just didn't train that up as you know go over it as much as they could have or should have, and it, and it cost them. It was a beautifully executed onside kick, and the Arkansas guys did the wrong thing, and they got it. Yep. But you know. We could sit here and talk about it in like kind of in a jovial way, but if Arkansas had lost that game, oh. that, the people would be irate. You got that yeah. right. Yeah. Tom Murphy with us on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Tom, I'm, I'm concerned about left tackle, right tackle. How big of a uh, concern is that for you? And, and you should be. Um, but I just 
you know, I think if Sam Pittman was super concerned, we would have heard more of that the rest of the spring. So there was that point. There was the first scrimmage that we didn't see where the feedback from that was the defensive ends ate. They feasted. And um, I can't remember, you know, you know, you know, Manuel would have been one of the tackles in that, in that scrimmage, uh, but Kudis was not. So they moved Kudis to right tackle, and things seemingly settled down. So you do have in the back of your mind, if the Arkansas DNs rip them up, you know, are people going to be able to scheme? Um, will, will the tackles need help? And all that kind of thing. But as the rest of spring went on, we didn't hear strong concerns that, you know, you know, manual is not going to be agile enough or physical enough. Um, you know, they're going to be, you know, one side or the other. There'll be a decent pass, uh, pass protector, but not so good in the run. We didn't hear any of that. Um, and also, you know, they're develop, trying to develop other guys like Chambly and, you know, Crawford could, could play tackle as well. Um, and, you know, maybe Marion Harris could do that as well. But I think until we see them in game, you know, protect well and, and run block well, then there's going to be that, that cloud of doubt. And here's the thing. Sam Pittman is an offensive line guru, right? And he loves Cody Kennedy as his O-line coach. Well, all the recruiting they've done in his entire, you know, since he's been here, very few guys have hit the field. I mean, they were able to go from the carryover from the previous regime, like the Myron Cunningham and the Ricky Stromberg, Dalton Wagners, Limmer and Latham. Those are the the holdover guys. Mm -hmm. So we're now just going to see, you know, the Pittman recruiting guys start to filter in. Um, You know, we saw a little bit in the bowl game with Harris and – you know, some up, some the entire class. You know, Jalen St. John and Ray Curry, and that class. You know, none of those guys are on campus anymore. So, you know, Pittman's reputation as an offensive line guru guy. It's time for those for his recruits here to start producing. Tom Murphy on the uh, Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. He joins us uh, every Friday. And a big thanks to the Arkansas Democrat Gazette and and Tom for coming on with us. Tom. Um, the the schedule is very odd with four straight road games and I say A and M's a road game because you do have to travel for that game you have to get on a jet and and fly there and you're away from home for that weekend. Have you ever seen a team have four straight road games like this? Um, not a major college team like when I covered Louisiana Tech back in the day they probably had a few of those but no it's it's very difficult and I would I would hazard a guess that. No one in the SEC has a stretch that difficult. Um, I know that Florida's schedule is really hard, and South Carolina's, because I've written about them in recent days. They have some tough schedules, but nothing like um, at LSU, you know, travel down to Arlington to play A&M, and then Bama and Ole Miss. I mean, that's that's basically the top of the SEC West, all in a row, hmm. none at home. Yeah, very very difficult. Yeah, if they can survive that gauntlet, and I know that'll be a, a probably a question of the day when we get there. You know, what do you expect, or what do you hope to go? To me, if if you can go, look, if you can even get one and three, go one and three, you would take it. But two and two would be awesome during that stretch. Absolutely, if you go two and two, then okay, man, wow, we survived a really difficult deal. One and three is like okay, but man, zero oh and four. I mean, oh, if you go on four, then at the best. You're three and four at that point, and then you're just then you're trying to keep your head above water and make it to a bowl and stuff, and you just don't want to be in that position. Yeah, uh, because I do like the ending stretch. 
Um, you know, and uh, you know, if you can survive that gauntlet, take care of Mississippi State at home uh, before the bye week. Then you get the bye and you play Florida the week after they're playing Georgia, I believe. And, and then you got home games. They're on out. So I'd yeah. like that five-game yeah. stretch if they can just survive those four. Yeah, that's why it's so critical. I mean, that, that puts even further credence in your poll that A&M is a swing game. Yeah. It's just, it's just such a huge game. Yeah. Got to survive. Tom, thanks. It was good to catch up with you. Have a good weekend. Always good. Man, the material's going to start cropping up. Really I know. Well in the next couple of weeks. To talk about and next week we may have to move things around and talk to you in advance to try to figure out if you're at a press conference <laughs> or covering practice. You know? That's right. That's kind of exciting. Right. We'll get it worked out, though. We'll get it worked out because I want to talk to you guys. I love it. See you. See you, Tom.